You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. Hey, what's up, everyone? I'm Matt Migaki, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians. We talk all about their lives and music while sharing killer craft beers. If you've ever wanted to sneak backstage and share a beer with one of your favorite musicians, well, Vox and Hops is the podcast for you. This week on the podcast, I had an amazing conversation with Morgan Lander and S.J. Jones about Kitty Pig. There is this episode and over 450 other ones to help you enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. So what are you waiting for? It's time to become a Vox and Hops head. Cheers! This episode is, of course, brought to you by the wonderful folks over at Sinusoid. I know I've went on and on about how great the service is and how great the cables are, and that's all true. Their instrument cables and their patch cables is what I've mainly focused on. But what I haven't talked about too much is their Sasquatch series of cables, which includes power cables and speaker cables. Both of these things are ginormous. They're called Sasquatch for good reason. These are monsters, big old cables, big beefy things. And what's cool is that you can get them in flex. So you can get, get them tech flexed in a whole wide variety of different colors. So you don't just have a plain old boring, uh, power cable hanging out the back. You can get it in whatever color you want for all kinds of applications. It doesn't just have to be for your amplifiers or your, uh, what, or, uh, you know, pedal board or whatever. You can, you can use their power cables on whatever. So make sure you check out the Sasquatch series. From Sinusoid, link will be in the show notes. This episode is also brought to you by one of my very, very favorite pedal companies and uh, local heroes, um, to me at least, Mr. Black Pedals. I've been playing Mr. Black Pedals, honestly, for a very long time at this point, almost since, uh, almost since they first started out, I believe. I've been playing, I think I've had a Dark Echo for that long. Um... Yeah, they've made some of my favorite stuff for years. Jack makes all kinds of crazy designs for other people in the industry as well. But uh, their stuff is top-notch. And you may have seen their Supermoon recently got an upgrade. The Supermoon is still there, the regular Supermoon, which is a great pedal. There's also the Supermoon Eclipse, which is stereo and includes, includes, includes a chrome mode. So you got both the Supermoon and the Supermoon Chrome in one box uh, with expression control and true stereo, and it's just a magnificent thing. So check out MrBlackPedals.com and browse the wares. All right, everyone, welcome back to another episode of the ToneMob.com podcast. I'm, of course, your host, Blake Wyland, and returning to the show, and this time actually in person in the Shred Shed, I have uh, Mr. Andy Martin, uh, well, formerly from PGS, but now with Reverb, and uh, yeah, we're just going to ramble and talk some nonsense probably That's today. right. Hey there. Thanks for having me. Yep. Thanks for coming by. Absolutely. So let's see. It was kind of funny because uh, we recorded remotely last time. Yeah. And then the first time I, uh, this has happened with a few guys that are here, are here local. The first time I actually met in person was down at Nam. Yeah. <laughs> Even though we live what I don't know. We're like twelve miles away. <laughs> <laughs> 
Same thing happened with uh, Jack DeVille. First time I met him was down there at NAMM. Oh, that's funny. And so uh, it's just the gathering place, I guess. It is, yeah. Met locals. A, met a lot of people, uh, locals too, yeah, and people that I've just I've never actually seen face-to-face, but I've been dealing with for, you know, 10 years or so. So, mm-hmm. yeah, that was... That was a that was a very cool thing. I mean, I'm sure uh, I'm sure you feel the same about Nam. You know, oh yeah, it's a great opportunity. You know, this is your first Nam, if that's correct. Yeah, yeah, it was. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I the only time I'd been I'd been uh, you know kind of pre you know it, me being in the business, I mm-hmm. went a couple times, and <clears throat> this kind of dates it. It was probably when like uh, I saw Eddie Van Halen there, so he was unveiling some guitar, you know, revision of. of the Wolfgang or something. So right. it was ways back, but so I kind of knew what to expect. But, okay. Uh, uh, but yeah, it was just a, I mean, just, wow. What a, what a buzz you get <laughs> going there and, and just walking around and seeing all these people and finally bumping into Zachary Vax mm-hmm. and, you know, uh, Thorpe and, you know, all those guys that, you know, just, just, uh, just are, are huge, you know, a huge part of your, your business and your life. And, you know, so yeah, just, Awesome thing to finally chat with those guys. Mm-hmm. You know? I, I'm, I imagine you had, it was probably a little bit of a shock because like, I, I mean, probably whether you realize it or not, that like you're a big guy in the industry to a lot of people. Like it's like you've uh, impacted a, a lot of people through what you do, myself included, as I was telling you <laughs> <laughs> off yeah. the air, this whole shred shed probably wouldn't exist if I hadn't been watching your... Yeah, <laughs> your demos, however many years ago that was. Um, but um, was it kind of a trip to kind of have we got like people like it's Andy, hey, yeah, yeah, like you were saying, uh, uh, you had to get the shed together because you're, you, you know, and at the same time, your, your wife hates me, and that's like that. <laughs> that was like the unanimous. That was the that was the thing, you know. I I, I love you. My wife hates you. Um, but yeah, no, that was great. I I it's it, it's. Um, like I was telling uh, Wampler on that on that interview I, I did uh, at Nam, and mm-hmm. um, I was I was still in shock uh, at that point too because I all these people were coming up to me and and yeah I kind of I was maybe a little bit um, in my own sort of box you know mm-hmm. and for for years just kind of whittling away at those videos and and shooting them and and not really you know, making myself available to a lot of people. So of course it was cool to see those comments come to life mm-hmm. and, um, and, and just, uh, made me want to just continue to do it even more because, you know, it's just seeing it, seeing it come to life and seeing, seeing how, how you've made an impact on someone is, is, is a very cool thing. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, you're doing a great job. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, I think everyone will agree with that. <laughs> um, so, I don't know how much we can talk about this specifically, but I did post something in my Facebook group saying he was coming by and seeing if people had any questions. And like the first one was, how's the transition from PGS to reverb been? And what, what does that look like? I don't know how much you can share about it, but, um, yeah, I mean, I think that the important thing was just to get, um, make, make sure that, um, it was consistent sound wise. and, And so a lot of things were, were kind of taken into consideration with, with the gear and the mm-hmm. guitars and my like my sound booth uh, where I could uh, t- still turn up the amps and still use uh, you know a couple mics to get some distance and use a ribbon mic and mm-hmm. um, so that was important and then keeping the look you know with the with the black background and yes. stuff but I mean as you've seen I have a, a little um, 
sort of set, you know, that I've done some vintage demos with. Mm -hmm. Um, and so that's another thing that, that I like to explore a little bit more. And, and, you know, that's, that's another thing that's opened up with reverb is that now it's not just limited to, to new products, you know, Mm -hmm. it's this cool sleeper of a pedal or, or, or a great, uh, recording amp that, you know, uh, you know, that's just kind of, uh, underrated, you know, something. Right. So yeah, that's, that's kind of, um, how the transition was right off the bat. It was just get, keep, uh, keep doing what I do. And, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, they, they definitely, uh, have been uh, big supporters of, of just, of just me being myself. And, mm-hmm. um, uh, so yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving it. And, um, there's a lot more opportunities, I think with, you know, with reverb and having a, you know, um, I mean, just they—they they have such a wide audience, and so that just means that your your um your um your your content is going to be you know a, m- a little more diverse too, you right? Know, just naturally because you're trying to um, to just uh, reach more people. So. Mm-hmm. It almost seems like it's an opportunity, like you said, to try other things. But like I can imagine back with PGS, I mean, obviously you wanted to present things in a good way, but you kind of had it. You know, you had a job to do, and that was to make it sound good so yeah. people buy it, <laughs> which obviously worked quite well. Yeah. Um, but this is almost like more of a, it seems like it could be more of an op- opportunity to just be like, here's a cool thing. Yeah. You know, whatever, what, what, I don't care if you buy it or not, because I'm not selling it. It's, <laughs> it's just a cool thing that I like, and it almost seems like you could do, like you said, even more things, uh, more opportunities yeah, I'm not sure. What I think I'm... that's the op- yeah, that's the uh, that's the general idea I'm getting to is just um, um, you know in this in this weird uh, day and age where people are just putting out content, you know, and that's a full time job, you know, mm-hmm. and it's, it doesn't have to be a hard sell. Um, I think that's you know, it's not like I'm sitting there trying to sell sh- sham wows and stuff. Right. You know, it's just it's more. You know, it could be a lesson. It could, you know, just mm-hmm. here, here's what's cool. Um, and, um, you know, and, uh, if it gets people to reverb, that's cool. And, mm-hmm. and that's, so that's, um, yeah, that's, that's what I'm enjoying right now. Cool. So, so you, you've gone to Chicago a couple times. How many times have you been over there? Yeah, it's been, I, I think twice. I'm actually going to be heading down there at the end of the month. And, um, you know, it's just good to kind of just regroup and, you know, because they obviously, um, you know, they want me to be part of the family, even mm-hmm. though I'm a remote worker, you know, they, they definitely have included me in their, in their team, which is awesome and, uh, just great people. And, um, and it's also nice that when I go over there, <clears throat> there's, you know, there's an editor and there's, yeah, there's people <laughs> that, that can kind of make it easier for me. And I, I'm just the talent. Nice. <laughs> nice. You know, yeah. But, that's like not a bad spot to be. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, there's just so many great creative, uh, minds over there. Um, so it's always just good to to regroup and uh, and to just get get uh, acquainted with more people too. There's mm-hmm. 150 plus people over there. Wow, and, I don't uh, think I realized they had that many employees. Yeah, yeah. Wow. A lot of it is is making sure um, uh, you know customers are taken care of. You know, mm-hmm. Customer engagement is is big with them. And I think they're doing a good job with that for the most part. From what I haven't had any issues, mm-hmm. but I've seen people have issues not. Not ever with reverb particularly, but some sellers yeah. and buyers can be problematic, obviously. Yeah, uh, yeah. And I, I think they've overall done a really good job of just whoever's at fault is 
yeah kind of held accountable no definitely they they don't that's the thing they don't leave you in the dust like you know other other places and other avenues of of selling that um they definitely have your back Mm -hmm. and that's i think that's the goal about building a a community of of musicians is that you know we're all kind of in this thing together Mm -hmm. um uh, rather than just you know just being some kind of big faceless uh company right so that's cool it's very cool well, I'd, I'd love to get over there sometime just to visit CME and yeah, and they're yeah they're right across the street mm-hmm. from each other and um, so yeah, I got to got to go over there and see a bunch of great guitars. I'm probably gonna be uh, checking out some some stuff over there. Maybe get a couple you know Gibsons or two or something like that. You know, <laughs> like uh, they always have really great custom you know custom mm-hmm. ordered stuff you know, so. and a lot of vintage stuff. Yeah, and, and that too. Yeah. Um, Stuff that I, I could never afford, <laughs> but it's always fun to play. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know I me, mean? if you got access to it, it's almost like, why pay the money? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I didn't say that. <laughs> it's like working at a guitar store. Like, ah, yeah, right. I, I got a squire, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's funny because you say, yeah, I mean, um, g- kind of going back to, to PGS, like people would always ask me, man, your pedal board must be crazy. And I'm like, well, I don't even know if I even have a complete pedal board because mm-hmm. I feel like all the stuff on the shelves is is mine you know yeah more or less you know you can um, use it whenever and, yeah. man yeah this would sound great with a bb preamp you know i'm just not getting the you know the mid so I'll grab one of those you know mm-hmm. um so yeah uh it's only it's maybe now that i'm actually thinking about like maybe buying a, a, a few more pedals just to have on hand for mm-hmm. you know for you know like i said it's just tools you know for, mm-hmm. for recording and stuff i'm actually i, I got for a while into um <laughs> nailing down a few more of the OCDs that, okay. that, I, that I had a hand in because they're they're getting pricey and I was like I don't want to have to pay over two hundred dollars for 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 something like that you know? <laughs> but they are um, so I thought I should get a couple of you know maybe one or two as a backup you know mm-hmm. but uh, so good times yeah good times yeah I I uh, I've heard that before there's I mean I. I'm kind of like you. Like I, and this has been my gear goal of 2018 was to actually set up a pedal board. Uh-huh. I've got a really nice ones in over there that's just got nothing on it. But because I, I mean, I do this. Right. I just I'm like swapping in and out and like trying. I'm not playing out with a band or anything. Right. So I mean, it's like I don't need something permanent, and I don't want anything permanent because I am always chasing new sounds yeah exactly uh, but yeah. i'm like i'm going to have a pedal board this year because <laughs> everyone's always like, laughing at me because they're, they're like you, you just throw them all in a cardboard box and go to your you know jam session or whatever i'm like yeah, yeah kind of it's kind of yeah it's that of necessity i mean it's like that's the thing like i i have a g2 and it's it's like been disassembled two or three times and i feel bad that i haven't been using it as much because mm-hmm. i just absolutely love it um, but the same thing i have a plank of wood with you know, um, a tuner in front of it and a buffer after it. Mm-hmm. And that's my pedal board because it's, that's what I need. I don't, mm-hmm. you know, I, I need to showcase that one thing and right. it's just less is more, but at the same time, it's like guitarists always feel like, um, we have to be prepared for anything, you know, or like, <laughs> you know, one of those survivalists or something, you know, we have to have the right, in case we have that gig, right. we're going to have the board with all the right cables and connections. <laughs> and, um, uh, but it's also just like, makes you feel, you know, like you could just, 
pick up and go and, and it, yeah. it saves you saves you the headache of trying to scramble and get something together. It it saves so much time. Yeah. Like I I had a mini board set up for a little bit, which I just ripped apart the other day. But uh I and the, the last couple band practices we had a few months ago it was just like this is much more convenient. Yeah. Like I know I like I know it logically duh. Like yeah, of yeah. course. But being the nerd, I just I yeah, I've always <laughs> had just a mess. Yeah. <laughs> Um, let's see. Let's see if I, I think we have a few more questions yeah, yeah. from the group. Free, Let me, yeah. uh, pull it up here, which is not something I can normally do. Um, this is great podcasting for everyone just loves when I just go and ramble and give <laughs> dead, dead air while I search for things on my phone. It's very, that's, I think that's the only time where dead air is acceptable with the podcast. <laughs> but if I, maybe I can hum. And that'll be oh, that'll make it okay. Oh yeah, now we're gonna glitch. That's fun. It's almost like I should have been more prepared, or something. I have to say the shred shed is very comfortable, and it's uh, it's it's bigger than I thought. Uh, just seeing pictures from your Instagram and, and stuff. You know, oh it, yeah, I uh, it's 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 it seems really big to a lot of people. Yeah, but it's also just because it's like fifteen feet tall in the. Yeah, feet. that it's helps. Like, that helps. It's me. only three hundred and five square feet in here. Yeah, uh, which is plenty. Yeah. Um, well, but, I'm working with like a, be- a spare bedroom now. Oh, there you um, go. So that's that's been converted into a studio, and uh, you know, with the black curtain behind me. And of so, course. Um, so yeah, this this would be amazing. If so. you want to come over anytime, yeah. <laughs> you can use it. Yeah, right. I'm not out here all the time, despite what some people have accused me of. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, I got a couple. Here's some questions. Um, let's see. Uh, you probably get this one a lot. Uh, Ryan Murphy asks, uh, do you have any advice for someone who wants to start doing demos? Yeah, that's a weird one because, uh, yeah, it, it's like this wasn't even a profession when I started it, right. you know, so it's not like I, um, yeah, um, I, I, I think I always just say, um, try to do, do something, you know, different, try it, try a different angle. Um, um, there's certainly, you know, some f- formats that everyone has tried to kind of, uh, you know, that this is the standard format. This is what you do, you know, mm-hmm. but, um, I think then you can just kind of get lost in the crowd that way, you know, like mm-hmm. I'd like to see a lot more people, um, you know, play in a band situation. Mm-hmm. I think I've only seen maybe Herman's do that a couple times, and that was awesome, and just jamming in, in uh, you know, some place. Or, um, yeah, uh, it's a lot more production. I mean, that's, <laughs> but, I mean, how awesome would that be to see, like, a pedal board live in action? And, um, you know. One of the things I thought was, was cool, and it's not really an official demo guy, but Keeley is had his guys do that a couple times. Oh, right, right. With, uh, just they have the one pedal and they use it on multiple instruments. Exactly, and, yeah, yeah. I can't imagine. I mean, I'm sure that took three days to Yeah, there's a lot of but... pre-production and, and then they're kind of shooting a music video around it, you mm-hmm. know. But, I mean, it is. It's, it's accurate. I mean, those, those you know, bass parts or, or, or the bass through that pedal. And all mm-hmm. that. Um, yeah, it's just uh, it's just tough. You know, I, th- I think just finding a just a cool way to present something, something different, you know, definitely. Um, I think humor is also a mm-hmm. big factor. I mean, as you've seen with that pedal show and, mm-hmm. um, it, it's, it's, it's not, I wouldn't say it's a it pedal demo show, but it's, 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 it's informative and it's a different way around it. It is. Um, and, uh, I mean, they are demoing things. I shouldn't say it's not, but, uh, it's something that wasn't 
there wasn't anything like it. And mm-hmm. they've just, you know, they're, they're just so popular right now. Everyone wants to be on there, mm-hmm. including myself. <laughs> um, hey guys, did you so, hear that? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I finally talked to Dan and Mick, uh, at, mm-hmm. at NAM. Um, and so there's, uh, there's some, there's some opportunity, I think. So nice. We'll, we'll cross our fingers here. <laughs> that would be cool. Yeah. That would be really cool to see. I, uh, I need to talk to those guys too. That's actually, I haven't never, maybe I need to get them on the show. Speaking of demo guys, yeah, but uh, yeah. no, that is a good point. Cause I've, I've thought about trying to do stuff before too. Mm-hmm. And like one, I'm not that great of a player. So I have to figure out some, <laughs> something that's tolerable to listen to, but two, it's like, okay, what can I do? Mm-hmm. How can I, I don't want to just be me too. You know, yeah, um, yeah. it, 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 no one cares, you know, and it, like there's are plenty of guys that are really talented already doing that kind of standardized format. Right. So, right. What am I going to do? You know, so I've, I've had kicked around a couple different ideas, but I do think, yeah, I would say the same thing mm-hmm. for somebody that's starting out. You, know, you got to have, give people a reason to watch because absolutely there's already a million people doing really good demos. So just think about it in any, any other field, you know, a sitcom or something. I mean, you, you got to have something fresh, you know, mm-hmm. So, good advice. Good, yeah, good question. Yes. Let's see. What's the next one? We got, um, we have, oh yeah, this is a good one. Uh, Sam, I don't know how, or know how to say your last name, Sam, so I, for, I, I apologize. I don't know if it's Panola. I apologize. But how do you select the songs that you use for pedals? Because I'm sure that's a common question. Yeah. Um, I kind of mentioned this with the Wampler a little bit where like, I kind of let the pedal speak to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, but it, you know, obviously you kind of just dive back into your, and in deep into your brain and, 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 uh, and find the sounds that it reminds you of. I mm-hmm. think that's for me, that's, that's what I go to. And, um, you know, if, if it doesn't sound anything right off the bat, I've just, I'll just immediately come up with something of my own. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's, uh, that's something I, I like, I like doing actually more than playing covers is just coming up with, with songs. And mm-hmm. I think a lot of people think that I, uh, maybe watching f- the older format videos of mine, maybe just hear a lot of the covers I was putting in there. Mm-hmm. But, um, I mean, I've, I've always been putting my own material into it, but they kind of just get glossed over from the covers, you know? Right. So, um, yeah, that's the thing. It's like something, uh, something strange, um, you know, like a, uh, you know, like a rainbow machine or something. I, you have to come up with your own thing, you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Or, or just other times it's just, it's just so obvious. Like, Oh, this is, uh, this is a through zero flanger. I got, I've always wanted to play, um, Starship Trooper from yes. So mm-hmm. I, you know, do that, you know? Mm-hmm. So I just have those things that are kind of just waiting to be picked off the shelf, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, that's a little bit of my process. Okay, I got you. Yeah, I I uh, other than when we're you know at band practice or something, I don't really play songs. Mm-hmm. Like I don't really play covers when I'm out here noodling around by myself. I'm usually like deep diving, trying to find yeah. some weird new as sound. You, as you should. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. I'm <laughs> but I'm like I I like I, it's kind of weird though because like my dad plays a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. Um, he's mostly an acoustic player, but he is always playing songs. And so whenever I go over there to maybe play with them or I pick up a guitar or something, mom's like, play me a song. I'm like, I got a weird riff I did with a fuzz pedal the other day. Yeah, I'm, uh, I'm the same way. Yeah. <laughs> there was the, in, in high school, there was the guy that can play songs at a campfire. And mm-hmm. there was me who, who 
I can play the riff from, uh, you know, Black Dog or something. Right. <laughs> well, that's not, you know, that doesn't really work around the campfire. <laughs> you know, so there's a guy who's strumming those Jack Johnson songs mm-hmm. he's getting all the attention. You mm-hmm. know? Oh, and me just kicking sand. Yeah. Know? Anyway, here's Wonderwall. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't necessarily want to be the Wonderwall guy, but... Yeah, uh, yeah. It is kind of weird, though. Everyone's like, you play guitar? Yeah, I play guitar. Oh, okay. Play us a song. Like, yeah. Um... Right, dun, 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 dun. like I don't, you know, I don't know. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, I think the most, yeah, the frightening thing would be like play at my wedding. Oh yeah. Oh man. Well, what kind of? Uh, yeah, yeah. What, First, here's my clean tone. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> what kind of '70s rock bands do you like? You know, or mm-hmm. yeah, that, that would be what I'd have to ask them. You know, but uh, yeah. I, I think we talked about this last time, but I don't recall exactly what the answer is do you have a band here locally anymore no no i mean i not since i moved up to portland that's know? right um uh and i always say i want to get back into it um i just start to think about how much uh, how much <laughs> work had to go into it you know mm-hmm. getting gigs and and all that stuff and just getting your you know your bass player to get an amp of his own you know? <laughs> that's just a, just a, a gen- generic example but right um yeah, but, but I'd, love to, I'd love to play. I mean, uh, I got to, um, going back to Reverb, I got, I got to play at their holiday party, which I don't know if too many people outside of Reverb know about this, but they have the, they hire this, uh, uh, you know, they hire a club and they do a total proper just uh, showcase of all the musicians there because everyone at Reverb is a is an awesome musician, believe it or not. Oh, know? wow. I mean, so there's all these people and they break off into bands and it's just like, one band after the other, it was just amazing. Like everyone was so good, and uh, but luckily I was I was because it was kind of when I was joining, it was uh, um, kind of during that time, so I didn't know if I was going to be able to squeeze in because people were planning this for months, you right? Know? And uh, but luckily I got to sneak in there, and um, and that was the the first time that I'd played with a band in a long time, and we just only had one night of rehearsals the night before the party, but luckily we only played a song, you know, right? Uh, we played uh, uh, Tears for Fears, uh, Rule of World. Nice. Um, so that was cool because, yeah, that so that got me a taste of like being in a band again and um, and just let me know how much I missed it and how important it is in this, you know, gear world mm-hmm. to to, uh, to try those things. And luckily, the uh, um, the, you know, the equipment was the backline was was excellent. And, I'm sure. You know, it was, yeah. No problems. <laughs> yeah. There. Yeah. And. Uh, so I didn't have any problems dialing stuff in. It was just you was just ready to go. So, do you remember um, what was on your pedal board? Uh, well, I it's, it's funny enough, but that, that there was an OCD on there. Okay, um, and so I knew how to dial that sucker in. Of course, you know, uh, which was output full and yes. uh, gain like ten o'clock. Yeah, mm-hmm. That's the way to do it for that one. But um, and that was going into like uh, I think it was an old um, uh, basement head. Or okay, like a silver face, or maybe it was a black face even. Um, but just can't go wrong with that. No, you know? that's that, that's perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so just bare bones. But no, um, I didn't know they did that. That sounds like yeah, a great yeah, time. yeah. Maybe maybe uh, maybe I shouldn't have exposed that. They're gonna have people trying to line up outside. Yeah, next where's year, my where's my invite? <laughs> Come on, guys. I want to be there. Yeah, but that was really cool. I mean, and, and going back to them being just such a cool community, it's just like wow. I mean, because that we we opened the sh- the show, the whole the thing. I, mm-hmm. We got to go first, so. Um, uh, talk about being welcome, you know, mm-hmm. so. <laughs> that's super awesome. Yeah. That's very, very cool. Um, do you have it like, this is more on the just 
sort of work side of things, I guess. Have you noticed, and I say this selfishly because I'm, I, a lot of people know this already. I'm transitioning into doing marketing and stuff in the gear community full time mm-hmm. and I'm working remote. I've never done that before. I've always punched in and then worked for the other guy. Right. Do you uh, have any tips or, or uh, advice <laughs> for people maybe making a similar switch? Cause I know you like went to work every day. Yeah. Yeah. I went to, I uh, went to a warehouse just, uh, uh, just South of Portland, a couple, you know, a few miles and, yeah, that definitely helps having a, a place away. Cause I always hear that, you know, it's so hard at home, you know, but, uh, it's true. I mean, after a couple months, you have to, you have to be really, um, disciplined and, mm-hmm. and, um, but you also have to know when to step away because that, that's the, yeah, that's the other side of the pendulum is that you'll be working later than you, you normally w- were mm-hmm. and you don't realize it. Just, it's just there. It's right down the hallway. It's my spare bedroom. So right. I'm going to go work on this, you know. Um, so that's it. You got to just set, set boundaries, you mm-hmm. know, and, um, take, don't, don't forget to take lunch, you know, like, right. like simple things like that, mm-hmm. like step out and, uh, you know, don't forget to take that break. You would have taken at your other, you know, place of business. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Um, that all sounds. Yeah. And get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's, that's, yeah. Yeah, it just puts you through the motions, you know, like, you know, well, obviously I have to, have to, you know, be on camera. So that hasn't changed. Right. Um, but uh, it's tempting to just uh, wear wear um, wear slippers, you know. But then I <laughs> then I, I have to show my feet, so then I can't do that to people. So put <laughs> that's on one shoes, advice yeah. for demo people: wear shoes. Always wear shoes. Yes. I, yeah. I, I especially wob demos. I don't I don't want to see those toes hanging over the pedal. I don't know why that bothers me so much. It's always been my thing. <laughs> I feel like we talked about this last yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, put shoes on. <laughs> Please put shoes on. I don't even have like yeah. I don't have an aversion to feet. Yeah, like I'm fine with feet, whatever. But like yeah. I don't want. It just seems weird. I don't know. Well, I think it's you wouldn't go to a gig and be barefoot. Maybe I don't know. Maybe some people would. You know? Maybe a jam band. Or yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I mean, I, that's probably why they've come out with those little like saucer looking things. The barefoot buttons. Bare, yeah, there you mm-hmm. go. Um, so that was a really smart idea, by the way. I see those all over the place and. Um, it just makes it easier, I guess, to press, even if you're not barefoot. I well, think. some of them too, like, I, I mean, they've never like sponsored this or anything, but uh-huh. they, they do make cool stuff. They have one called the tall boy. Uh-huh. And it's so if like you got a pedal in a weird spot, like it makes it easier to get to right, it, right. and things like that. But like the, I, I mean, I don't, I, at first I was like, eh, what, what's that? Uh-huh. And then I started seeing it more and more. And then I heard about that taller one. I was like, okay. I get it. Yeah, that makes sense. And yeah. I got I got a couple just laying around in this. I I understand now. <laughs> I, I I wasn't a believer at first, right. but I I tried them a few times and they they make a lot of sense. But wah, I think you need the you need the tread of the shoe too, so you yes. don't slide. Off. I mean, I just I think it's just like you're saying. I think it it makes more sense to wear a shoe just to have that control. <laughs> um, but I don't know. I think in general rule, it just makes more sense to wear <laughs> shoes. Regardless if you're doing a pedal demo. Right, or, right. Or, I mean, because it's hard to make a, also a sock look very uh, look clean. <laughs> Even if it's perfect, brand new white Hanes, I mean, it's still going to look... It's gonna... Some funky toe socks. Yeah. Get those on there. Oh, right, right. <laughs> the web, you know. Like... <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know how we went off on Yeah, that I don't tangent. know how we did either. But... I don't know how most of these things come up, but <laughs> they do. It's it's all part oh, of Oh, I guess working from home. Um Oh yeah, getting tra- getting dressed. Yeah. Well, yeah. And that's been a weird. Not to go off on this tangent, but that's been a weird thing for me too. Because my 
outfit has totally changed. Like I used to work uh, where I'd wear coveralls all day. And so I just, I ran a little bit warm doing that wearing pants and stuff. So I'd throw on a pair of gym shorts and ah, that, okay. that was my work attire until I got to work and put my coveralls on. And so now I'm like, I got to wear just regular clothes. And I've always <laughs> like had manual jobs. So even when that wasn't the case, I'd put on like my grubby Carhartts and stuff to go get right roll around in whatever <laughs> grease or whatever. And now I'm like, I got to wear like regular clothes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah it it's the it's job. nice. It goes to the job, I guess. <laughs> it's nice. I just, it's not something I thought of as being a benefit. It's like, I can just wear t-shirts. Oh, nice. Okay. And jeans <laughs> and call today. Um, but yeah, uh, thanks for that. That was a, I've been asking that question of a lot of people lately because I'm finding more and more people like, I mean, Brian Wampler in particular, Mm -hmm. he, he kind of is in the same boat. He works from his house and has a separate, that's right. You know, thing where he does videos and, and all that. And so I, but I was picking his brain and he said a similar thing. Like it's real easy, especially doing this kind of stuff. doesn't really feel like. It's like, this is what I would kind of do for fun. Oh, right? sure, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah, like, yeah. like it doesn't feel like work, but you do need to stop sometimes. Yeah, yeah. Uh, set some boundaries. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think that's a good good advice. Thank you. It is that. hard in general to stop, though, because it's such a thing we're all passionate about, you know, music. Mm-hmm. I mean, music, you, we don't, that's the thing, you don't check, you don't clock out when you're a musician. You're always thinking, you're always strumming something or mm-hmm. thinking of, of a tune or or just listening, you know. I'm like, I, I'm always listening to things like even if it's in a in in the the choice of music in a in a in something i'm watching on Mm -hmm. tv you know it's like i'm always like i can't not listen i don't know there's there's people that 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 uh i'll I'll say oh what was that song like what song you know (laughs) oh yeah it's it's just really interesting you know different you get wrapped up in in uh in that and and not in the story you know you get distracted (laughs) i well i know exactly what you mean they're again going back to work like at the job they put on the you know the modern country station, which is a big enough problem for me, <laughs> being an old school country fan. Okay, I was just that's a whole other subject that everyone already knows my feelings. Okay, about. but I have more than once been like, guys, you realize I've been counting. This is the seventh time we've heard this song today, and yeah. we've only been here for five hours. We haven't even had a full day yet, <laughs> and they're like, really. Yeah. They don't, you know, it's a musician thing. I like, they didn't, they was just, and they said, oh, it's just background noise to us. I'm like, it's grating to me. Yeah. It's killing me. Oh man. Um, I, yeah, man, there's some things that my wife and I will go into certain stores and it's like the worst music we've ever heard (laughs) ever. And, uh, and I'm not going to name these places, but it's just like, we go out there so angry and like without it buying anything just because it's like, oh, did you hear that one song? Oh, yeah, you know. Like, we're in, and we're in separate places across the, you know, the whole store. Yes. And, uh, and we'll, we'll meet back up and we're like, yeah, did you hear that one? Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, like. <laughs> yeah, my wife and I are the same way. There was something that came on. I don't even know. Like, I don't remember what song it was. It wasn't necessarily a bad song. It was just not something we would normally listen to. Yeah. And I was like, where have we heard that? I know it's very popular, but we don't listen to the radio, really. Yeah. You know, it's just, you know, mostly Apple music around here. And right. Vinyl. Uh, and it's like, where did we hear that? And we're like, the gym. They always play <laughs> awful music at the gym. <laughs> That's oh, the only man. place. But uh, I do. I think that people who are passionate about it, it, you can't turn it off. Yeah. And, and you do notice things like that, um, like the same song playing over and over oh, again yeah. or whatever. Yeah. Um, 
But your wife is, is she a musician too? Or is she just a really I, a big fan? I think she's just a, yeah, a good fan. I, mean, I think, I mean, she definitely has a musical side, you know, but, um, uh, I think, and also just, just being around me for, you know, 17 years, so, you know, it <laughs> yes. rubs off, you know? <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's, yeah, it's a blessing and a curse, I guess, you know, being me, being always listening to mm-hmm. something, you know, but it also, it, it's just funny how you notice like there's, for me, it's like you notice the patterns in, in that kind of music. Yes. And it's like, oh, how creative. There's the break and then there's the big coming back into it. And, you mm-hmm. know, it's like uh, it just kind of makes it's a little sad just just, just because it's such a cookie cutter thing right now with, with the format. I mean, not to get down this rabbit hole. but No, it's a good. We can go down. You know, <laughs> it's it's you could almost tell how, where the song's going to go before it even starts, you know. Totally. And, um, you know, there is a lot of repetitious music that I like, too, but... Um, it just seems like it's it's gotten worse. You know? Well, I actually, and I don't, you know, it's a Facebook or YouTube thing, so I don't, you know, I don't know how factual it is, but it was talking about, I can't remember the exact numbers or the time frame per se, but it was like the last 10 years or so, uh, like 80% of the top hits, the top 10 hits or whatever were, were basically written and produced by the same two guys. Okay. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> like I can't remember their names, but they're, you know, big yeah, name producers. I have heard that too. Yeah. And yeah. I don't know how accurate that really is. I didn't fact check the YouTube video, yeah. but I was like, and I was going through all the songs that they were a part of. And mm-hmm. it was like, yeah, those are all super famous songs and they all have this millennial whoop they call it and like whoop, the millennial whoop oh, okay. the millennial whoop it's like a i can't it's like this uh it's this weird uh, lots of songs do it lots of pop songs do it it's like oh oh yeah, yeah like the it's like a oh, of course. like thing like and it's if you notice how many songs do that it's like yeah. well they all do it like yeah, yeah. well that's the that's the chorus you just go to that mm-hmm. you know and don't forget the foot stomping and the and the you know little bit of uh, hand claps and stuff in the background. <laughs> no, uh, And I'm not h- hating on pop music because a yeah. lot of the music that I enjoy has patterns that it yeah. don't, you know, like all the hardcore stuff just has the same idea too. Here comes the breakdown. Of course. And, yeah. You know, and then here comes. Well, that's why, that's what makes a, a genre and style, true. you know, it's just the patterns, you know, mm-hmm. or even if you go back to just like the beginning of music, I mean, Ooh, ooh, ah, ooh, oh, you know, that's been since the beginning. So we can't like really, you know, get too bad, you know, bash on that too much. But that's true. I, I do see that, you know, and it's like, I, you know, I, I, I really love the Lumineers and stuff and Blind Pilot when they came out. And then now I'm hearing like every band that sounds like that. And right. I think that's maybe what you're talking about is some of that, these kind of like, um, like re- they really want to be like anthems, you know, for people. And so mm-hmm. that's, it's just easier to, to do something like a, you know, oohs and ahs, you know. Just... Well, I, I mean, it's it, it certainly is easier to take the recipe and tweak it yeah, yeah. versus trying to come up with something new. Yeah, I guess, I, yeah. Uh, but then again, you know, like, you know, we when we did our, our album, we were like, we wanted it to sound like it came out of the 90s, and it kind of does. Yeah. And therefore... There's a lot of patterns. It's like, that sounds like it could have been a Weezer song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Except not as good as Weezer, but you know. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and yeah. So it, I guess it does all kind of come back to, at the end of the day, 99% of everything's in 4-4. So, yeah. I mean. It's it's all been done. It's all been know? done. Just hang up your guitar. and yeah. No. No. <laughs> I won't do it. I got new fuzz pedals. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully, we have more pedals to, to, uh, to inspire new ideas. Mm-hmm. 
For sure. <laughs> so speaking of back to gear a little bit, um, do, have you seen any kind of trends lately that uh, that are standing out to you as far as pedals or gear in general? Um, I well, I mean, I guess we could kind of go back what we were just talking about before the, we started this is that. I think last time we were talking, we were talking about how the digitally controlled analog was uh, was really only being done by Chase Bliss, and um, mm-hmm. and there's a couple other companies that kind of jumped on it. But um, I've been hoping there would be more, mm-hmm. um, and I, I just brought in this uh, this Kismet, over, yes. you know, um, and which is digitally controlled overdrive, and you get presets, and you can hook it up to MIDI, and so mm-hmm. if you have something like a switcher, like a you know, all of a sudden you have a hundred presets now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I really hope that kind of is uh, moving forward because I don't know. I I like, and this is just me, my own opinion, but I've always just liked analog modulation. You know, uh-huh. like um, uh, phasers. Yeah, and, yeah. It's just it. There's just something so um, just so natural about that. That especially a phaser, you know, filtering and stuff. It, as soon as you try to make that digital, it, I don't know. I just it, you lose something. So I I think it's just my you know my my opinion that if you could still do that, but you know have some control with it digitally, you know that mm-hmm. would be that would be a really cool path to explore. And so that's why I think Chase Bliss has has been so popular is because he realizes there's a lot of people that that like that. Mm-hmm. Um, but as far as other trends, I mean it's it's hard to say. I mean um, I've this gear world is so you know stuck in the in vintage land you know so they don't want to stray too far away but um you know i guess we could go into to modeling and stuff like that and, yeah um, well i i've kind of noticed one thing i've seen and this is probably because i tend to go for the noisier weird stuff mm-hmm. um is there's a handful of companies that seem to be really taking some inspiration from the modular synth world oh definitely um, yeah and and i know like what I had Christian from Adventure Audio on, I don't know, twice, but it was mm-hmm. last time he was on, whenever that was, he was talking about, like, deliberately, like, it, joining those two worlds together. Yes. And some yeah. of their new products. And then, um, and Dwarfcraft do, does, does some of that, too. And, right. And it's just, like, I, I think that's going to become more of a thing. And taking some, because there's some, like, common features in that world, like, using control voltage for things Definitely. and whatever, yeah. that really doesn't happen in pedals and there's no reason it should yeah i mean i think it was only moog that would mention cv and, and guitars were like what what's cv you know yeah. <laughs> but i think you're right i i kind of had that uh had that thought you know like um there was a guy you know um um at at pgs uh and tone report that was really into sense and and uh always t- talking about modular stuff. I'm like, what? Well, how come no one's doing a modular pedal board? Mm-hmm. And then of course you go back to like, I think they tried it in the eighties, you know, with Bob, was it boss or, um, mm. maybe Yamaha that had a series of, of modular that, pedals. That and, sounds really familiar. You know, um, he's probably screaming at me going, it's this, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, that's so, and I think that's just a no brainer, you know, like I think people like Maleko mm-hmm. um, and people that oh, of course, are yeah. already sort of, you know, they're in the, both of those worlds. I could see that happening, you know. Um, but then again, it's like um, uh, then you're kind of you're 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 worried about a format now. You have to you have to have a specific pedal board, you know, that's going to house these. You know, you can't just put them on any board. You, that's true. Um, so there's those are some of the things I was thinking of that might be maybe what's keeping those two worlds from from colliding. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, like you're saying, if there's a standalone pedal and, and you still have 
you know, control voltage and stuff, that might be the solution. Yeah. Just to, um, because, yeah, there's always been like synth players, you know, using guitar effects, but I don't think it's been in the other way around. So I think there's some opportunity there. To... Yeah, I would agree with that. I see way more pedals in a synth setup than I do any modular stuff yeah, in a guitar yeah. by a long ways. And to be fair, I've not really messed with it either. So I understand the hesitation. You know, yeah. it's like, okay, now I got to buy this yeah, and rack setup yeah <laughs> yeah and 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 it's you know i from what i gather it's it's even more expensive and addicting than guitar pedals is what yeah. i'm told i'm like maybe i better stick to <laughs> one thing is bad enough yeah right <laughs> but it could be cool but yeah you you mentioned the modeling stuff and i just finally got my mitts on a, a head rush i played with the other day oh right um um I don't know. Before I give my opinion, did you have any opinions or played with the Helix or anything like that? That uh... um, not so much. I had the. Um, you mean the Line Six? Yeah, yeah. I the only introduction I had to that was the HX effects, which mm-hmm. was just the the Helix effects, not really of the um, amps or anything. But it yeah. was the the um, the pedals, and like I gotta say, that vibe alone was very um, very convincing and very lush and. So going back to like saying I only like analog modulation. Well, there's one of the things that kind of broke the rules and it's like, wow, mm-hmm. you're doing a virtual um, photo cell and light bulb. Mm-hmm. And, um, and it was really, uh, it was top notch, you know, so nice. that's exciting. I mean, I would love to see, I mean, if, yeah, if I, if I get convinced, well, why not go, you know, go down that route, you know? Yeah. I, I haven't played the Helix <clears throat> stuff yet and I, you know, jokingly bash on it all the time, but. Uh, oh, really? <laughs> yeah. Just cause, just cause. Why not? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> an easy target. It's yeah. an easy target. I, I, but after playing the Head Rush, um, just cause it was available, I was waiting around a guitar center and I was like, eh, "I'll try this thing." It was cool. Uh-huh. It worked good, and it was, uh, it was just going into a power amp. Uh, it's just a powered speaker, mm-hmm. and um, hearing the difference, hearing uh, their cab simulators, because you could just run. You could run it all kinds of different ways, but you could just run the amp into this powered speaker, and it sounded horrible. Oh, okay. It sounded really weird. And then you would put their different cab sims on, and it would sound like it should. Right. Um, right. I, I thought it was it was impressive, and I liked that you could um, you could order things however you wanted. Oh, that's, that's and, important. Yeah. And and just on a touch screen and just drag it over, and nice. it worked really well. I, I mean, I was making some cool sounding things and not too long, and if I was... Flying gigs and stuff, yeah, I'd probably have one of those. Yeah. As much as I love huge boards and and all that kind of stuff, I'd I'd probably be using one of those realistically, yeah, or something like it. I definitely like the um, impulse responses and and that sort of stuff. I um, just had a opportunity to play the aux, mm-hmm. um, so that to me was kind of nice. That's that's sort of like the uh, hybrid digital analog, like. It, that's just sort of in a different form rather than pedals. It's uh, you get to use your amp, but then you have, you know, emulated cabinets and, and speakers and stuff. So I think that would be a really cool, you know, I wouldn't mind just carrying a head, you know, yeah. and then plugging dir- direct into the you know front of house. And uh, because I think some of those cabinets sounded better than the, than, than the mic and the cab I was using in the okay. room. I mean, just because you have the more, more space available, you have, um, overhead mics, you know, virtual overhead mics and mm-hmm. stuff that you could select and different, different speakers. You know, I was limited to a vintage 30 in the room, but this one I could select a, a greenback or mm-hmm. a El Nico, you know? Um, so that's, um, 
I guess going back to the, what we were talking about in the beginning with um, things going in the future is like, um, you know, I have these great old heads and stuff that I don't think I'll ever get rid of, you know, right. and, but if I could, if I could find a way to use them, dust them off again, that was the thing. Like I haven't said that in the video. I'm, I'm like excited to play my Marshall again, you know, cause <laughs> it was sitting on a shelf and uh, just because I, I, you know, I'm not gonna be able to like put that, 412 in my room and crank it up all the time and right so um that's a cool thing you know just to be able to you know technology letting you um continue to to use your you know your your vintage gear and you know so mm -hmm. there you yeah. go there you go that's what we think <laughs> <laughs> no i i i think the answer like everyone's like oh modeling or old school stuff i'm like just use what works exactly like yeah. if, if it sounds good to you and it's working for you yeah then who why wouldn't why why would you not use it right you know? i mean right. if it's a if it's something you know, just because it's not the cool thing it doesn't really matter yeah and i think as long as you just use it right i think mm -hmm. that's the thing i mean uh people might you know just plug into a two notes something or other and 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 not really play with the uh the, the mic positions or something, and all of a sudden it just sounds too too close mic, sounds too grainy or something. And then yeah. then their opinion on that is that, oh, that unit sounds too it's sounds not good. too direct. It, yeah. sounds, it doesn't sound real. Well, get some depth, you know. Um, that's something I'd like to hear a bit, a bit more is some of the, the those models, you know. Mm -hmm. um, I haven't played too many of those. I know a lot of guys do, and uh, a lot of demo guys, because they don't have the room to crank up, you know, and, and, uh, and it does get the job done. Mm -hmm. um, so... And I mean, yeah, I think uh, I think that's what the guy um, living room gear demos. I think he pretty much exclusively uses the tune. That's right, yeah. And his stuff sounds great. Yeah, I mean, he's got well, I think an Imperial, mm -hmm. with a Tone King, um, an amp that I actually used for the demo amp for PGS for a few years. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, yeah, it sounded like it fooled me. You know, it sounded like it. You know, because um, it is the amp. Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, just um, just the, like I, again, I think a lot of people just maybe. Um, don't get to explore some of the deeper parameters and, and you know um, that's the only thing I, I'm, I'm a little bit I, I know I can sometimes notice when things are too direct sounding yes. it's just because um, you know you've like, done it a lot yeah yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> maybe just back off that virtual mic a little bit you know get a little more warmth move away from the center of the cone or something mm -hmm. that's just my you know my taste because I'm yeah I've been just doing it the old school way for so long and, um, yeah Pretty old school. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It works. Yeah. There again, it works. Yeah. So if it isn't broke, then... Yeah, right, right. But um, no, one of the things... I'm, I haven't experimented with recording yet, but I have occasionally... So, like, we talk, we were talking about this room out here. I, I can play at night pretty mm -hmm. regularly, but while the neighbors can't hear anything, my, my wife will sometimes want to go to bed before I do, and our bedroom's right there. Right. And she can kind of hear... A little bit in there because it's like four feet away from the oh, shed yeah. or whatever. Um, so I've had to play with headphones even out here sometimes if I want to play. And I've found the the Benson Vinny over there into the uh, um, new neighbor iconoclast. Oh yeah, yeah. In the headphones, that's about the best silent thing I've I've had for just playing. Right. I, I haven't tried recording with it yet, but. It sounds really good. Yeah, I, I, you know, I, I just did the their chorus, the, like uh, tri-chorus. So I, I was, and then I 
ran across that one. The mm-hmm. uh, and that's just an analog thing still, right? Is it or no? Is it's it, digital. Is it digital? Okay. Yeah. I thought it, for some reason it was. Uh, Analog. It's yeah. it's a digital thing, and it has a uh, has software that you can like. I don't remember exactly how it works because I haven't messed with it too much. But like, you can you can't load an IR in there, I don't think. But you can like look at one and map it out the same or okay. something. I can't remember exactly how it works. I'd have to look into it again. Yeah. But you can basically you can use IRs with it in some fashion. So if you gotcha. have a cab that you really like, you can dial it in to sound like that right right so that is a very cool thing i mean like i um i went through attenuators for a long time and, mm-hmm. and i think those kind of fell short in some in certain ways you know different brands and um i think this is a little bit um just i think it, it takes care of a lot of those problems mm-hmm. you know um but uh yeah I, i'd like to explore that I mean, I, I know Wampler did a, a cool thing on uh, impulse responses. I learned a lot from that one, actually. He's obsessed um, with those. Things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he does a really good job at, like I was saying, mixing those far mics, you know, rear mic on the back of the cab, mm-hmm. you know. To me, that's where you get all that realism. Is mm-hmm. that it's it's not so direct in your face. You know, you get some, you know, it's an amp in a room, you mm-hmm. know. So, um, yeah, that's cool. I mean, yeah, it's whatever works, like you're saying, I mean, you got a, a kid sleeping next, you know, the next uh, wall across, you know, so you got to do what you got to do. <laughs> yeah. Well, you mentioned a attenuator and, and ironically um, from NAM, and this thing's been out for a while, but mm-hmm. I never got to experience it. One of the coolest things I've seen at NAM uh, was the Fryette Power Station. Have you ever seen one of those? Uh, no, but um, I've heard a lot about them. Oh, yeah. man. It was amazing. Yeah. I was never got that excited about an attenuator <laughs> slash you know, it's also a power amp. Okay. Uh, um, but like we plugged in a hundred watt head into it and just cranked it, uh-huh. and then just basically used it like a master volume. Sure. It, but it didn't sound how most attenuators sound. It actually sounded awesome. Yeah. Like it sounded the same to me. We we cranked it too without it, and then we dialed it back and played around with it, and I was just like. I think I need one of these. <laughs> I don't know why. I can usually get pretty loud, but like it was just it blew me away. Yeah. I was shocked at how much I liked it, and yes. I think they've been screaming about it for a long time, and people kind of aren't paying attention because attenuators aren't that cool. <laughs> yeah, well, then they get a bad rap just from the early days of, of them, quote unquote, blowing up transformers. Mm-hmm. And, um, but so so that's the one that actually has its own output transformer. It has its own output. I think it's like a fifty yeah. watt solid state, or maybe it is valve. I can't remember now. I don't. I, don't, wow. I, shouldn't, I shouldn't speak out of turn, but yeah. I believe it's got a, its own fifty watt amp in right. it that you can basically use as a master on anything. Yeah, well, that's brilliant. I think because uh, I, I had the ultimate attenuator, which was similar. It's like you put you put your amp into it, and then you use its own output transformer, mm-hmm. um, and uh, you know you could you could be uh, you could go all the way down to bedroom because <coughs> excuse me uh, because you could take it down to like 0.5 watts or something like that you know um which is cool i um there's just so many other options i mean yeah i don't know it's i don't know which one is i'd have to have them all in the same room to be like okay this is this is the one you know so there's a demo for you yeah exactly (laughs) talking about getting creative with reverb there's a there's there's a demo for you yeah um one of my favorite guitarists um graham cox and has been using that power break on his marshals since the 90s and 
that one has a, actually kind of a bad reputation of, of blowing up your amp. But it's like, well, if he could make it last, I mean, yeah, I just saw, saw him in 2015 still using that attenuator, still using that same Marshall. So what do you think? What is it? I don't really know much about the blow amp, amp, uh, blowing up amps thing. What's, yeah. what's, what's the deal? I think the main thing is, well, you're, you're just driving your amp. Mm-hmm. You know, you're turning up your amp to, you know, I guess it doesn't. Max it volume d- depends on where you like it set, but you know, um, yeah, if you're cranking it to ten, your amp is working like it's on ten. It doesn't matter what the attenuator is doing, right? It's so you're just you're 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 blowing through the life of your tubes, you know. Okay, but yeah, I, I think maybe the attenu the uh, the transformer thing goes from just maybe uh, impedance mismatch and stuff like that. You yeah, know? stuff that's beyond me, but right. Um, uh, and also, I think you know the. Um, yeah, impedance. So I think that's what was great about the aux is that it's um, it's variable. It reacts like a like a speaker, you mm-hmm. know, because your amp wants to see um, variable. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So um, that could have been why the earlier ones they were just a fixed like resistor or something yeah. like the old uh, what's the one before like the Tom Tom Schultz the, like the power soak. I think it was just. Oh, resistors, yes. you yeah, know, and that's why they get hot, you know, because they're mm-hmm. just like trying to get dissipate, you know, all that heat. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I'm not an expert, but uh, it's yeah, it's it's interesting technology. I mean, um, but like what was so cool about the aux is that you get both of that, both of those things. Mm-hmm. You get attenuator and you know IRs and stuff, and that was the thing that I didn't get to explore is that there's a they have their own cabinets, but then you still could lose uh, load an IR into that oh okay um and just go, go down that whole thing you know <laughs> so um yeah i i really like to get my my hands on one of those again <laughs> that sounds that sounds like a lot of fun i mean yeah i mean i'm assuming their own cabs are just supposed to be like a fairly neutral type of thing or it's they're, they're, they get specific you know uh-huh. there's like two the the one i i kind of matched with my 212 was like a i can I don't remember their specific name but i think it was a 65 watt Two, you know, two uh, sixty-five watt speakers. So mm-hmm. then I think maybe that's maybe more like a vintage thirty, which is actually sixty watts. Right. Um, and then they got you know a Vox cab with some um, uh, you know, silver speaker. You know. Okay. So I, yeah, I got. There's you. a there's a lot. Greenbacks definitely were in there in the four twelve. Um, so it definitely gets specific. But um, I know in stuff like bias amp, you know, you could you, they have all those Celestian. Uh, IRs that you could load in. That's right. That. So, they got their own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So there's a uh, man. There's so many to play with. I mean, um, but I guess um, you know the the thing I loved about that in general was I was just using the guitar into the amp. Right. <laughs> you know, <laughs> and I was just in heaven. You know, because I'll, that's where where I've always just loved it. Is just like maybe get a boost or something. But um, if I have a choice between diode clipping and a tube doing its thing i'm right. going to choose the tube you know and i think a lot of people don't really realize that and maybe they get hung up uh or they get uh they, they reach a brick wall and say well, how come i can't get this sound or something like that it's mm-hmm. because you you're trying to do it with a solid state distortion you know <laughs> like like I, you know i don't think really pe- people realize that you know they don't ever say solid state if think about that as marketing side if, if someone said this new solid state distortion pedal. I mean, it doesn't really have the same ring, right? But it is. It's a solid state <laughs> that's distortion. What, that's what they all are. Yeah, right? but um, it's clever that, that no one uh, they've just strayed away from that. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's a, there's a negative association with that. But um, I just try to, you know, it's just funny. I think about that uh, every once in a while. And... I've, I've I've thought about that same <laughs> yeah. thing. It's like 
Like some people are like, I don't like solid state amps, and it's yeah, like, yeah. It's like, but wait, hold on. And then they're playing their twin on one, mm-hmm. and then all there's distortion and overdrive is coming from op amps and diodes. Yeah, which so. I, I mean, I like running that way too, but I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah, like, yeah, not, yeah. Not that I know what I'm doing, but like I understand what right, right. the tools I'm using. Yeah, basically. I understand what I mean. It, they have, um, you know, obviously, you know, fuzz. I mean, that's. Yeah, I can't do without fuzz, and obviously that's mm-hmm. not tube, you know. So um, it definitely has its place and it has its strong, strong suits. And mm-hmm. uh, I think it's always just about a combination of this and that, you know, a little bit of breakup, a little bit of a little bit of solid state distortion. Mm-hmm. And that's like I think that's the sweet spot for me. But everyone's got their own taste. I like it all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. As you can see. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Right down to the right down to the drum. Drum samples. I built. I built an E kit. Where I'm looking at his Roland uh, V drums right now. Oh it's yeah, a... that's that's my buddies. Actually. Oh okay, yeah. yeah. I I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. Those are actually uh, those are Leon's from Pelican Noise Works. Those are his. Oh cool. cool. So... <laughs> yeah, I, I I played uh, on a couple of just tracks. I played my I made this E kit. You know, mm-hmm. just out of like orphan shells that I cut in half and put mesh heads on, and because. Mm-hmm. Those triggers are so basic, you know. It's, yeah. it's all really about the the, the module, the head, um, that is translating those piezos into a, you know, and it, it's basically triggering velocity. That's cool. Samples. I never really it, looked into yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, it, that's the thing. Like, I wanted a kit, and then so I ended up going down another rabbit hole and finding <laughs> out that that's all this is. And then um, even better is you bypass the sounds in the module and go straight into your computer and trigger. BFD or drum yeah. kit from hell. Now those those were the big ones when I was doing it. And, uh, yeah, those uh, those are awesome. Yeah, so, I love those. And that and then I just got into uh, just using those loops that they created and just got rid of the kit. It's like, why am I going to spend all this time? Because <laughs> I'm, I'm a little bit of a closet drummer. You know, I just bought an old Ludwig and oh, you know, bottom size. We got Ludwig. a confession yeah. here. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but I'm not going to like waste. If I have certain hours in a day, I'm not going to spend an hour of it trying to just get that 4-4 four, four beat perfectly in time. I'm just going to do a MIDI loop, and mm-hmm. I'm going to edit it and, and make it do what I want. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, for what you're doing, it doesn't make any sense. To, I mean, unless yeah. you just want to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I mean, it was good It was good to kind of, like, learn and get... Um, I think it is important because it, it, it helps you realize exactly what the bass drum is doing and how to, um, how to write better riffs, you know, mm-hmm. and stuff, because you, you're more in tune with what the kit is doing you know, you try to match that bass line to the to the bass drum, or really lock in. You, I think if you play it, you, you're you're definitely more, um, you know, you're in tune to what the, you know what what each part is doing. So um, right, but it, so I just kind of took that experience, but I still I still do loops. You know, it probably. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I would think it would help you make your loops though. Like, yeah, yeah, it would make them sound legit. Yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, yeah a couple of. You know, uh, you know, I could I could find a MIDI track, you know, on, online somewhere, but they always miss the little things that make it sound real. You know, like mm-hmm. the hi hats are always the same velocity that they never open up halfway right. to build up the tension. Be you know, um, or you know, yeah, certain fills just like whoa, whoa. You know, I, I actually like to figure out who made these MIDI samples, <laughs> um, just because it's like. Probably an engineer. I owe them a lot, you know, but but I remember way back in like, I don't know when, when this was 2002 or something like that. We, 
or even maybe even earlier, a bunch of guys were sitting around and, and we found this site. You know, it was like an Angel Fire website. Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it was like, when you were trying to find MP3s, you'd often get stuck getting a, a MIDI file of it. And mm-hmm. it was just like, oh, that's not what you want. But we were laughing about how corny it sounded, you know, because it was like all the ACD, cat, the whole ACDC catalog in MIDI form. Right. <laughs> and the, the, the funniest thing is when they always make the the vocal line, they always make it like a, a flute or a trumpet. And it's right. like the, always the worst. And it's like, it could be fine, you know, the bass and drums could come in. But then as soon as the vocal line comes in, it's just so hilarious. Um, but yeah, it's like, who are... Why, why were they making all those, you know, what was the necessity? I mean, did it just come out of some Casio, you know? Or, or? I, I, I don't know. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me either. Like, who? Yeah. surely it was just done by a machine. Yeah. Because <laughs> like, who has the time? Well, somebody had to program them. I mean, yeah. obviously, I mean, you listen to some of those Rush um, MIDI, you know, like mm-hmm. everything is like spot on. You know, those guys really know their their songs but uh, i'm getting on a tangent but uh yeah i I basically owe those guys a lot because um sometimes you know it'll start off as a midi song and then i'll I'll tweak it you know of course Mm -hmm. to make it more realistic but it definitely saves me time you know having you know not having to like just program the straight four four beat it's already there you Mm -hmm. know even though i'm going to tweak some of it it's um you know it's definitely a time saver (laughs) for sure for sure well we uh we are right at that hour mark i feel like I could probably do this all day. <laughs> yeah, same here, man. I mean, didn't we, well, we said we we should start recording before we... <laughs> yeah, right, we probably already got an hour before we started this. Yeah, thing. exactly. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I somebody did ask a good question, and since we, we I've already, I know, you know, asked you this last time, um, but since you've been to Chicago mm-hmm. a few times, has your taste in pizza changed <laughs> at all, or are we still sticking with the, the tried and true? Well, I think I probably said, like, I just like a plain cheese or something. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, definitely less is more. I tried the... Um, I, uh, it was funny because a lot of the guys in Chicago were like, we don't even like big old fatty, thick, cheesy pizzas. Mm-hmm. We don't... You know, nobody really likes that. It's kind of like a novelty, you know? Like, Yeah, like, I don't, I'd want to... Try it. Yeah, I, mean, I definitely tried it. I tried the, the brand, you know, the, the, or the place to go, and um, it was just massive and, and thick and way, way too much cheese. But um, yeah, uh, I think just keep it simple. A couple of veggies on there. I don't really do. I don't really do the meats and on pizza anymore. It just uh, doesn't do it for me. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, just simple. Something you know. Keep keep it. Yeah, so, let, less so is more. No, he's he's stick, sticking. Yeah. To <laughs> That's cool, and I, and well, I've changed a little bit in not really in my what I like, but I w- went to New York for the first time, mm-hmm. and uh, didn't I honestly was a little bit skeptical. I was like, whatever, we got great pizza in Portland, you yeah, know? like yeah, yeah. I'm like I'm like this is gonna be just good, but I had a couple. It was like, nope, this has changed my whole outlook on pizza. Oh, really? So, yeah, uh, I think it's something in the water, man. I don't know what it is. <laughs> So I look at it and it's like looks like pizza, but eat it, it's like nope, something's going on here. Right, some drugs in here or something. I don't know. Uh, so I'm looking forward to going back. Yeah, that's 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 a good reason to go back. Yes. <laughs> uh, I will be going back, by the way. Everybody who's listening, fear the riff in August. I'll be out there again. So maybe we can sneak Andy in the bag with us yeah sounds good <laughs> well thanks for coming on man this has uh, well, been you. great we should probably do this once in a while yeah right? i mean this was like so so easy to do i mean i, I love i love to do it more yeah. yeah we'll do it we'll uh make it happen but until next time 
Uh, this is Blake, and for Andy, good luck and good tones. One last thing before we totally sign off here, I just want to remind you that if you do any shopping at Stringjoy, that's Stringjoy Guitar Strings made in Nashville, that will help me out as well. As I've said for years, I'm heavily involved in that company, and I really do think they're making the best products on the market. So if you would like to try custom strings, go to ToneMob.com Stringjoy and check them out today. I seriously, seriously, seriously love what the team down there is doing. I help them out with all kinds of things, and by you supporting them, you are also supporting me as well. And hey, you need some strings, so why not get some custom strings just for your guitar and playing style? Again, the link for that is ToneMob.com Stringjoy, and that will take you right to their website, and you can do all your shopping through there, and that will help everyone involved out. So thank you very much. Talk to you next time. We are brought to you by the wonderful folks at Gun Street Wiring Shop. Yes, Gun Street Wiring Shop. I've talked about them before. I used to say based out of Bend, Oregon, but guess what? Sean moved to my neck of the woods. Sean's in Portland. Sean is awesome and has helped me with a bunch of stuff lately. And if you have wiring needs for your guitar, he can help you too. If you want to get weird with it, he can get weird. If you just need to spruce things up a little bit, there's your guy. He takes all the guesswork out of doing your guitar wiring, and he makes it simple, and his customer service is top-notch, and I can't say enough good things about Gunstreet as a company. I really respect Sean and what he's all about, and the product is top-notch. I've got three different guitars that now have Gunstreet harnesses in them, and I could not be happier. So go to GunstreetWiringShop.com and check them out.